We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. He's got it. Back to pass. Looking left. Rolling. It is caught. It's at the five. Diving into the end zone. Touchdown to Cole Lyons. Welcome to our first episode. I'm Pierre from Detroit Lions fan page. Yo, what is going on, guys? I'm Lions Nation, also known as Tyler. What's going on, guys? I'm Malcolm. I'm with Detroit Lions video page. All right, so today we're gonna, we got a few topics we're talking about. Our first topic we're going to head into, we're going to talk about that terrible, horrible loss to the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I want to get you guys' opinion on it from what you know happened from the Vikings game. What do you guys think went wrong? What we could, what could we do to improve? Um, you want to start it off, Pierre? Yeah, I'll start it off. Well, the O-line wasn't playing their best game. Taylor Decker was dealing with a back injury. TJ Lang and Kenny Wiggins were rotating in and out. And Rick Wagner just had a bad game. He gave up three and a half sacks to Daniil Hunter. Um, yeah, I don't know. And then Stafford... Stafford panicked as well. When Stafford wasn't under pressure, he always thought he was under pressure because, like, how do I say this? He'd always, like, he'd think pressure was there, and he'd scramble. He'd scramble right into the sack. You know what I mean? I want to hop in from what you just said. Would you necessarily give credit to the Minnesota defense or the Lions offensive line struggles or Matthew Stafford struggles, or are you just uh, combinating all three of them? Uh, so I just want to know what you're like, you know, what you're thinking. Like, would you give all three, you know, the blame and cre- slash credit? I'm, I think it's a mixture of all of them. I also think Jim Bob Cruder has a blame in this too. It doesn't look like the O-line was prepared for these guys. They ran stunts at them all day. They could not handle their stunts. Daniil Hunter and uh, what was the defense tackle's name? Sheldon Richardson. They ran stunts at Wiggins and uh, Wagner all game. They couldn't handle it. Would you blame Matt Patricia for not putting uh, um you know, setting these guys up and uh, game planning the way they just looked, I don't know, they looked flat coming out from the start until the end. They never got the offense going. Um, Vikings defense played well enough, so I'm going to give them credit as well. I'm not going to say it was all our offense's fault. A lot of it was, but um, you got to give credit to the Minnesota defense for stepping up. And, uh, you know, getting 10 sacks is very impressive. It has to go into, like you said, a mixture of, you know, the Lions offensive line, quarterback not getting the ball off in time uh and you know minnesota's players just getting you know getting pressure on us and um but malcolm what's your opinion on it to be honest i think it, it falls to the running game to be honest um the running game didn't get going you know stafford's chunk of the ball 36 times you know we i think between johnson and 
blunt. I think they got 47 rushing yards. We're not going to win games that way. Uh, we need to be a more balanced offense, to be honest. I want to add to that also. Uh, also, the receivers were not getting separation, you know. And one thing that also did not help Stafford was, like, I don't know what Jim Bob is thinking. He called a fleet booker when Stafford has, like, no time to throw. And fleet flickers take a while to develop. The guy gets the ball. And then he has to toss it back to the quarterback. And then the wide receivers are only running, like, a nine route or a deep post route. And I don't know. What do you guys think about that? That was a horrible call. The flea flicker was awful. One of the worst calls I've from Jim, Jim Bob Cooter has a bunch of bad calls in his since he's been on the Dude. line. But this was something else. I just don't understand the play call. I think by that time the Vikings have had seven or maybe six sacks on us by the time they try to run that flea flicker. That was basically another sack. Um, but I, uh, bad play calling. But I mean, I know I don't know if you guys will agree with me on this one. I think some of the audible play calling was on Stafford as well. I mean, if you're, I don't know, you got an audible too. I mean, it's not, I mean, yes, Jim Bob Cooter's, you know, the guy's giving the call at the end of the day. But, I mean, if the, he's the one on the field, he's got an audible if he doesn't think it's the right call, in my opinion. And I think Stafford just was not on his game, you know, I don't know. No, he definitely wasn't on his game. I mean, I don't, it, was, it was not a match. What uh, okay? I this is a different topic, but do you guys still think Stafford's the guy to ever get us over the hump? And this is totally off from the Minnesota Vikings game. Uh, I'm just saying, just saying in general. Let me, yeah. let me. Yes, yes, and yes. If you're talking about this year, 2018, yes, Stafford's still the guy. Next year, Stafford the guy. Yes, next year, Stafford is the guy. The thing is, if you look at Stafford's career, including this year, he had nine. 100-yard rushers. There's guys doing that in a regular season. I mean, they're getting multiple, like they're getting more than nine 100-yard rushing yards in the game. So the thing is, is that Stafford's not getting a lot of help. Where would you right now rank Stafford in front of the starting NFL quarterbacks? I mean, like pure talent or how he's played this year? And just how he's played this year and where he could take us and comparing him to the other quarterbacks in the NFL. Like, just this off year, alone, I think he's a top 10 quarterback. Like, just off talent alone. But this year, I mean, yeah, he's been kind of bad. You know, the San Francisco game, he missed some throws. The Jet game, he came out pretty flat. Um, what else? The Cowboy, even the Dallas game, like, we didn't get going right away. It took a while, right? Well, I think it, that Dallas he, he played well the Dallas game. I mean, I think he completed a high percentage. Well, yeah, he, he played well. well like, he just had no answer to that game. I think going back to that Dallas game, we were very conservative game. I remember it was two drives. We were like on the 50-yard line, short fourth down situations. I would have went for one of them, you know, trust my quarterback. And the offense was, I mean, not great. But, I mean, punting the ball twice on the 50-yard line kind of sucked. And, uh, you know, we could have had more momentum going on. I, I thought it was no. bad coaching that game. That I don't know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's what you just explained. It. None of that falls on Stafford. That's not that game. Not that game. Not I offense, but I'm saying, like, the offense has to be more aggressive. That's what I'm trying to say. Oh, for sure. And I think Stafford, you know, knowing he'll have four downs would be, a, you know, and make him more comfortable, honestly. I'm not saying go for fourth down every single time. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> indicating that one bit. But I'm saying, like, on the 50-yard line, it's fourth and three. You know, be aggressive. You know, what do you – I mean, you, you have to trust your defense. Your defense has not been great, but it's played well, than, well enough to keep you in the game. I don't know. 
Yeah, and I mean, also, like, they take forever to snap the ball. They take, like, two, two or one second. I want him to go a little fast-paced. Stafford is really good at that, too. And he, you've, yeah, I was going to say, you've noticed Stafford's a way better quarterback when he's not overthinking, you know, when he just is in the spot of the moment. And uh, that's that shows why whenever they're trailing, he always shows up because he's not, you know, you're just not, you don't know what you're feeling right now. You're just playing football and trying to come back. You know, you're just going for scores. And they play great when they play aggressive. I wish they just, you know, started from the beginning until the end, you know, play a whole four-quarter game. And, you know, to be frankly honest, I mean, we haven't had a whole four-quarter game in a while besides probably the Patriots game this year. Also, uh, one more thing on Jim Bob. Don't you guys think, I mean, I've always thought this, I don't know what you guys think, but to always, like, pass the ball to, like, start the running game, right? So get the defense, pass the ball to start the running game. So let's say they stack the box, you pass the ball, right? Someone could be open. They'll get some yards. If you just start running the ball all the time on first down, teams just stack the box and you only get like one or two yards. And we see that every week with this team. They haven't really had like a positive, like, like first play. You know what I mean? And it sucks that that I could call what play Jim Bob Cooter most of the time is going to run before the play has happened. Um, if Jim Bob Cooter is not gone by the end of the year, I don't know what this organization <laughs> is doing, to be honest. I have no idea what this organization would be doing if he's not gone by next year. By this offseason. Um, they'll fire him in season because they just got rid of one guy. If they fire another guy, it'll look really bad on them. It, like, it looked like, like there's a lot of like, like uh, I don't, dysfunction in the like uh, organization going on. So I don't think they'll fire him in season. Okay, I'll tell you this. My... okay go ahead. My bad. <laughs> I'll tell you this. If, he, if we lose these next two, three games, offense don't get going, he's going to get fired. Oh, yeah, it's possible. I think it, it happened happen in midseason. But I don't think they're gonna fire right now. But these next three games, if they blow, they they blow it. They, he's gonna get fired. Let's right. say. Oh, go ahead. Have, who do you have taking over, George Godsey? Like, do you trust him? Really? He didn't really. He never called plays. He was the OC at Houston, but like Bill O'Brien called the plays. I mean, no. But let's be honest. Okay, you fall to three and seven. He's gone. He has to be gone. Oh yeah. But huh. um, if you fall to three and seven, I mean, don't you see a kind of a shift from the fan base? Kind of, you know. Maybe more fans giving up on Stafford because I mean I I'm at that point I'm even getting close to the point right now you might not agree with me but I'm getting to the point is Stafford ever going to be an elite quarterback like we pay him or what we need him to be because I think it's kind of obvious to me as of right now that Stafford is a good quarterback he's very talented you know great arm no doubt but I'm starting to get to the point is Stafford really the guy that he could carry a team to the, like a Super Bowl, like you know a guy like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, or do you need to support him with a great defense or a great run game or you know et cetera, whatever it is? Um, every quarterback, every quarterback. Now I mean to cut you off. Every quarterback needs oh, a run game. Oh, every, yeah, every, every quarterback. I mean, how many quarterbacks could win and be successful just being one dimensional? But yeah. do you need a dominant yeah. running back? I think you need a guy to at least get you 100 yards. You get, you know, yeah. drop back and hand him the ball. I mean, you look, you look back at the yeah, Patriots. Kind of I mean, yeah, they Patriots. got they got the guys like James Brady, White. Brady. I mean, it, it, I know it's Tom Brady. It, it's Tom Brady. But I'm just saying, well, could Stafford ever be, like, in that elite level? I'm just trying to think. I, I don't know. Could he? There's only, there's only a handful. I mean, if you look in the past 20 years, who do you have? Peyton Manning. You have Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, and Tom Brady. There's right. nobody on that level. There's nobody close to that level. I love Brady, guys. I really do love Brady. But, like, look at the people he has around him, though. Like, he has a really good O-line, all right? 
He's never really good battle line. He has really he has solid receivers. He has good backs. And he has the best coach of all time and one of the best offensive play callers. I mean, like, I think everything's given to him. I like him a lot. But, like, imagine if he didn't have that. Would he still be Brady, like the guy he is? Uh, to- I, I have to disagree with you on that one. I don't know. I, 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 I respect Brady a bunch. But I think he makes those guys so much better. I mean, like, look at Chris Hogan before he came to New England. He makes those guys better. Um, I just don't know if Stafford makes guys better. I think he obviously does, but I just don't know how much better he makes them, if that makes sense. If you're asking, is Stafford going to be an elite quarterback? Probably not, because there's only been, in the past 20 years, there's only been like four or five. Everybody, all right, look at Phillip Rivers. Take, take away his running back. And you tell me how well the Chargers would do right now. But my point is that but my point is that if Stafford's not gonna be an elite quarterback ever, what is the point of you know, when are you gonna take the risk and you know, let's say go for a different quarterback? Because if you're not gonna win with Stafford, you know, what's the point of having you have so many young guys on this team that you you know that wanna win, like Kenny Galladay, carry on Johnson, you got some young defensive linemen. Uh, but I'm saying if Stafford's never going to be the guy to deal with, when do you like look into, you know, maybe right now, no. tra- obviously not. I don't think you look into him. <laughs> no, right now, no. I mean, Stafford is only 30 years old. Yeah, and, but and like, it's his 10th there's year. Nobody, there's nobody right now. You, you yes. could draft somebody next year or we could draft somebody two years from now. We can even bring somebody in for free agency. You, if, if they're one dimensional and we can't run the ball, they're not going to do as better than Stafford is right now. There's nobody's going to lead this team to a playoff victory or to the Super Bowl if they have nine rushers in 10 years. 900-yard rushers in 10 years. It's not going to happen. I don't think nine is the problem because we saw what he could do with Javid Best, Reggie Bush, and Drake Bell. We saw those seasons, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's 5,000 yards, 30 TDs, 5,000 yards. We saw what he does with the running game, right? And with a play, Scott Linehan was good with us for a while and then he kind of got old with them. But like when he was good with us, we saw what happened, right? Now, Jim Bob Cooter, he hasn't really, like, he, he still has the same play calls. We call it nothing new. I mean, a little wrinkle here and there, but, like, it's the same scheme. Teams know right away where we're running. They right away, like, you saw the Jets scheme. They call it the damn play. Well, at the, end of the, at the end of the day, you, you mentioned those good years at Stafford when he had a run game. At the end of the day, still didn't get anything. You never got anything done with it, though. I mean, he didn't have a consistent run game. That's the thing. I guess. But I'm saying is right now, if I had to compare Stafford to a quarterback, it just reminds me of a guy. He just reminds me of a, a average quarterback, and it reminds me of an Alex Smith or a, a Kurt Cousins. I don't know. It just reminds me of a guy that you need to build a team around him. He's not the guy that'll carry you to a Super Bowl, in my opinion, or a playoff win for that matter, or, or division uh, win. All right, I actually disagree with you because I think he reminds me of like a Philip Rivers, Matt Ryan type guy. You have the right guys around him, uh-huh. games. All right, there's only like two or three league quarterbacks. I think there's only like maybe, yeah, three. Let's say Drew, Aaron, like there's Drew, only Brady. This right now, there's only uh. three right now. But if you look in the past, like I said, look in the past 10, 15 years, there's only been four. You just add one more quarterback, you add Payne Manning to that list, and that's it. There's nobody that has been elite. There's, there's only, like I said, those quarterbacks that can lead a team without a run game at all. It's, it's, not not possible. And it, my thing is, instead of everybody saying is Stafford a problem, why not look at the statistics and say, all right, Stafford has been really good when he's able to run the ball. Do why I not just get them a run game? Yeah. Do I think simple. he's? Why, why? Do I think he's fully the problem? No, I don't. 
absolutely not. Do you think he's the main problem, though? Is that what you're saying? I, I don't think he's the main problem, but I think there is a problem with him. And uh, well, like I, I don't know. Um, when was you have had, like, sorry to interrupt, but like you know, like Josh McDaniels, like he schemes guys open. We saw that one play. You saw yesterday, Christian McCaffrey was schemed open. He ran like a little route, right? Yeah. We don't scheme our guys open. They just run routes. Jim Bob Pooter does not scheme them open. You don't see no pick routes. We don't see none of that. We just see guys running 20-yard routes that take forever to develop, and they don't get open. That's what happens with the sacks. That's how many, the ball. how many coaches is it going to take to, you know, get a perfect fit? It's just – it's been 10 okay. years. I, I mean, right now, is it sad that I think I take, I'd rather take Jared Goffa as my quarterback than Stafford? Uh, it's just personal preference. I mean, I just I, – I keep Stafford, to be honest, but everyone has their own yeah. yeah. Because Jared like, Goff is loaded. So. Goff was nothing with Fisher. Then McVay comes, this offensive genius, just instills a brand new system down there. Look at him now. Look at their running game. Look at their O-line. Look yeah. at everything. And yeah. He, and he also had the best running back in the NFL. So you give Stafford a tall girly, and trust me, he will win a playoff game with tall girly. That and Carrion. I think Carrion is our franchise back. I really do. I like Carrion Johnson. But so, you so do you guys – so do you guys agree that Stafford is not the type of quarterback to carry it to Super Bowl? He needs the help if he ever wants to. If it's ever going to done, let's just say well, like, hypothetically. Technically, like, like Rodgers right now, right? Like what was that? Look at Rodgers. They're a mess, yes. right? Yes. Did he carry them right now by himself to the Super Bowl? No. Would I be shocked if he won him a playoff game with this team, though? No. I mean, I would. I honestly would. He's well, go- well, now that he's banged up, I'm saying going into the season, the team they had, I would not be shocked one bit if – they somehow uh, did pull off a playoff one this year. All right, and I don't give an excuse. He's banged up. Like Stafford was banged up last year, right? Like, let's say his hand, he didn't hurt his finger the last two years, right? Wouldn't yeah. this be different, though? I mean, think about it. I, I guess. I mean, you, this is the yeah, NFL. Yeah. I mean, I, I know it was referring to injury. Yeah, but, uh, you know, you can't control injuries. It's just it's the name of the game. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the Bears now. Enough with Stafford. I think, uh, I still think, like, do you guys still believe in him, though? I personally still believe in him. I think he could take us. And Stafford of the season. I mean, like, Stafford. Like, maybe the season is kind of, like, lost. We'll, we'll talk about that. But, like, do you still believe in Stafford as our franchise quarterback? I do. I'm, I'm – okay, I, I do now. I do next year probably. But there's going to be – there's got to be a certain string. There's got to be some expectations where we got to set for him and his team where they got to finally take that next step. I mean, what is 9-7 doing for us the last two years? The, the playoff eggs in the first round, not even make the playoffs the second year. I mean, the playoffs are cute, but if you're not winning games, what's the point? I mean, Stafford obviously has been better than our past quarterbacks. I'm not taking anything away from Stafford. But at the end of the day, he has the same results as those guys. I mean, maybe a playoff appearance, sure, but... So you want Joey Harrington, you want Drew Stanton, you want... Sean- no, no, like I said, I am not... I'm, I don't want those guys. I'm not, I'm not referring that to it at all. But I'm just saying is he's done the same thing as done basically, but besides maybe a few playoff appearances, which is means nothing to me. I don't know. It means a lot to me because I've seen some really bad, 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 bad seasons. Yeah, we season where we won three games in a season, some seasons where we went 0-16. Like I've seen some bad ones. So I appreciate Stafford, man. And if you look at if you ask if you ask a Jacksonville Jaguar fan. Hey, would you want Matthew Stafford? They'll be like, yeah, of course, because Matthew Stafford would take that team to the Super Bowl. Oh, well, do, they're able to run the ball. You know, do they I get, think? Uh, oh, sorry. 
No, no, go ahead, man. Do I think if he went to the Jacksonville Jaguars, Stafford would be a good quarterback? Yes, and that, like I said, you need supporting cast around Stafford. He's just not that type of guy to carry you to Super Bowl. Uh, he needs a, he needs help on defense or with an offense, like uh, like Jacksonville. Jacksonville has a good team, which I think if Matthew Stafford was on that team, they would be a lot better team, obviously, and they could be a, a legit Super Bowl contender with Stafford on the Jacksonville Jaguars. I agree with that. But but my thing is also I don't like I don't necessarily say he needs a great defense. Because we had a great, we had a pretty good defense in 2014. Yeah, yeah. we do. I, I agree with that. I agree. 2014 season, right? But look who was calling the damn plays. It was Joe Lombard. He was the Joe Lombardi. Mess. <laughs> that was a, that was just an awful project. And then Caldwell kept him for a year and a half, which I don't know why. Like if Patricia keeps JBC for like a year and then a half year after that, and he's bad. That just tells you like you can't do that. You got to fire a guy when he does something bad. Like just move on. I swear, yeah. if Jim Bob Cooter is our offensive coordinator next year, there's there's no hope for next year if Jim Bob Cooter is our offensive no, coordinator next just, year. I mean, this year, like, yeah, like, all right, let's just bring him. See, maybe he has some new shit coming in, like new plays and stuff. You know, I know yeah. we were. I, this is a whole different subject, but does it seem like kind of like that Bob Quinn is building for more for next year than this year by the recent acquisition and the recent trade? Yes and no. So, like, he traded for – he traded Tate because, like – so, supposedly, they were, like, they had a contract extension, right? That's what Tate said. But then their numbers yeah. didn't match up or whatever. He wasn't going to overpay him. So, like, all right, if we get a third, we'll trade you. If we're not getting a third, we're keeping you. So, they got a third. Philly, like, stepped to the plate, like, give you a third. Like, all right, you're going to Philly. They got a third. And then for this next deal, I mean, if you think about it, every time he's on the field, they have not given up a big run. Well, I was saying with the snacks, where, where I said they were building more for next year than this year. Well, you got snacks under contract for next season. So I think that's what I just think with, you know, Bob Quinn, I think, knew after trading Golden Tate, just kind of knew this team wasn't. I, I personally don't think they're good enough this year. Um, I think he's building more for next year. I don't, it's just my personal preference. You know, got a lot of draft picks going into the ne- next season. And then um, I think roughly around $45 million to spend this offseason, which is a lot of money to spend. Yeah, you know, like when they, when they did trade Tate, I honestly thought they were going in a different direction of, of the team and offensively. I thought they were going to go away from a lot of the three wide receiver sets and maybe go more two receiver sets with two tight ends and just pound the running game, and or maybe two receivers and the tight end and the fullback and just pound the running game. That's what I thought the team was going, but they didn't it's, do that last week. It seems like they're going with the two running back package, which I, which I don't mind. But I just don't know if I really like Theo Riddick out of the backfield. I really like the like kind of what the Saints do. They kind of got uh, uh, Kamara and um, Ingram in the backfield, and you just don't know. It's like it's not predictable at all, which yeah. I like when the Lions put Carrion and Theo back both in the backfield. I think I, it's very. I, I think it, it, it opens the offense up. Defenses don't know what's coming to them. You know, I, but they had they had Theo a lot in the slot last week, which was that's I'm that's not what. Yeah, that doesn't uh, make sense to me. To I know what they're trying to do, but they need to run the ball. They don't look prepared on offense. They really don't look prepared. Like the Seattle game, they got dominated up front. Minnesota game, dominated up front. Like I said, why I don't think this team is... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead, man. Uh, like I said, why I don't think this team is good enough this year is because they've had too many oopsie-doopsie performances. Like... 
the Jets game was an oopsie doopsie. The San Francisco game was an oopsie doopsie. Okay, I'm gonna stop saying oopsie doopsie. But uh, <laughs> all right, the Seattle game at home, the Minnesota game. Just I think if you're a good team and a team that is a contender, you don't have four oops performances by week ten, like by the first half of the season. That's just not. That's not what good football, good winning, contending teams do. You know. That's why I think the lines are still mediocre and or average, whatever you want to call them. I mean, yeah, they're, right now, like you know, there's a saying: "You are what your record says you are." So they're three and five. They're average, below average type of team. But was that a Jim Bob Cooter quote? Huh? Was. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a sports. You are- oh, like you are what your record says you are. <laughs> All right, we talked about the recent. All right, let's let's get into this Sunday. We've talked. 25 minutes about not even the game we got this Sunday. We got the Chicago Bears this Sunday. Yeah. Um, I want to know what you guys, whoever wants to go in, I want to know what you guys thought for this game. A season on the line this game. I want to know what you guys are thinking. I'm, I'm, sorry, I'm going to say yes. Um, we have to win this game. Um, because if not, that's two losses in the division already. That's going three and six with Panthers coming next. The Bears again. I believe the Rams come right after that. It's not an easy schedule. I mean, we have to start winning now. And I think, the, to be honest, I think the only way we're going to get this done is up front. The, the front, our offensive line got to win these battles. And they got to create holes for on Johnson. We got to get on Johnson going. If on Johnson is not going, if he gets another 12 carry, 20 yards, Blunt gets eight carries, 12 yards, and Stafford has to throw the ball 40 times, Khalil Mack is going to destroy Wagner if Stafford have to drop back 40 times. Well, uh, sorry to interrupt, but today, like, their defensive coordinator came out and said uh, Khalil Mack is not even close to being 100%, but they're just going to play him. Oh, that's great news. Well, for us, <laughs> that's great for them. That's, that's, that's great well, news. Well, that's great news, but then I tell you Darius Slay's out, TJ Lang's out, and Eli what? Harold's doubtful. Scares me a lot. I kid you not. This guy always messes up our game plan. His name is Akeem Hicks, right in the middle. He's like a oh, for sure. It's the yeah. guy I want. It's the guy I wanted us to sign two years ago in the offseason. I wanted Akeem Hicks. Me too. And they did go after him. They did go. I after know him. they were. They were interested in me. I was. I was pissed. The Bears got him. I really wanted Akeem Hicks. I liked him. I and, really uh, as well. and he's haunting us right now. <laughs> huh. And also, want I also want to mention about the, the Bears and their defense. On paper, they look really good. They look scary. Um, but if you look at the games they lost, you look how they played in the fourth quarter, how they missed tackles, they were big plays, a lot of yards at the catch. I think we could do something with that. I think in the fourth quarter, I think they get tired. We could possibly break some big plays in the fourth quarter. That's why I'm giving us a slight chance with this game. I well, think we have a chance, to be honest. Their defense is kind of like bend but don't break, kind of like our defense. I mean – they don't get up a lot of yards, but when they when opposing teams get in the red zone, like we got in the red zone last week, we couldn't capitalize. So we get in the red zone this week, we have to capitalize. They're 26th in red zone defense. Oh, for sure. Um, are 29th in red zone efficiency. So they have to capitalize this week in the red zone. That was the main thing I killed last week. What do you guys think the Bears – you guys – like I, I want to believe in this week. I really do. But not having Darius Slay out there and – uh. He's he's a key. The secondary relies on him so much. I don't know if I could take us winning a game with Devin Lawson and T. Tabor as our starting cornerbacks. I just don't know if I could do it. Um, I 
to be honest, I don't think T's Tabor is going to start. I think they're going to start on, on Sean Shed. Yeah, I think Deshaun Shad is starting as well. Yeah. I'm not well, sure. Even, even that, who, you, you don't have a true number one cornerback in there. And a no, guy they could – I don't know. I'm so sorry. It's not Rodgers. It's not like – it's Mitch Trubisky. He makes mistakes. One game he could have like three TDs. Another game he make like three picks. Yeah, you're not wrong there. But uh, yeah. I don't know. It, it's – if, if this game is really going to show how legit Mitch Trubisky is, so um, um, I, I would not be surprised. I guess if he threw like a, like you said, like a two interception, three interception game, but I would not be surprised if he torched our secondary. Uh, either way, I guess I can see him completing a high percentage. I'm not even gonna lie, I can see him completing a high percentage because I do see us playing a lot of zone this game without Darius Slay out there. Agreed. And the thing is, what gives me hope is because I've seen how they played when. Darius Slay went out versus the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, he was out the fourth quarter of that game, and they rallied a comeback. And they actually stopped the 49ers a couple of times. So for some reason, when a player, when your main player is out, for some reason, the whole team elevates, they elevate their game. So what I'm hoping, <laughs> what I'm hoping is that they elevate their game and be able to at least make this a competitive game. I for sure agree with some points you just said there some guys you know for sure like to step up when you see a, a big name player like Darius Slay out of the lineup I agree with that point but um uh what were they saying uh I'm blinking right now all right just someone talk I am blinking right. what I was say. <laughs> they have some weapons though right they got Tariq Cohen they got Jordan Howard they got what they got Allen Robinson Trey Burton Taylor Gabriel their second round pick Anthony Miller I actually like him the kids like he has some potential. He's kind of like Kenny Galladay rookie, kind of learning. But next year and the year after, I think he'd be really good. Adam Shaheen is returning as well. He's not playing yeah. this week, though. So. Yeah. a weapon. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I thought I just thought he was practicing. I thought I assumed he was returning. <laughs> Actually, but I saw earlier today that he's not playing. But you're good. Oh, oh I just remember what I was going to say. All right, back to that 49ers game you were mentioning without Slay. Um, I, I mean, I, I personally think the 49ers are kind of more running out the clock. Um was it really necessarily smart just to run, 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 run every time? No, but, um, I mean, I don't know. It's, it is a big game. I'll, I want to see what they'll do without Jerry Slay, I guess. It's going to be interesting, I guess. Honestly, I think the guy we have to stop, <laughs> and, like, Matt Nagy loves to move him around, is Tariq Cohen. That oh, for sure. You do this, he's small, but I swear, he's so fast. He's a speedster. I mean, if Ezekiel Elliott killed us how he did, I mean, it, it, I, I'm just trying to think. I mean, Tariq Cohen has a potential... He's a good receiver. He's a good running back. He's got speed. Um, we need to stuff the run. We need to stop him on defense. I, w- I wonder who's going to guard him, honestly, if you know he's in the slot or you know they're passing him the ball. Who do you put him on him? Jared Davis. Yeah, Jared Davis. He's improved in pass coverage. So, like, first couple weeks, a little iffy. And now you see he's sliding to the ball. Like, he's not really, like, he hasn't really given up anything deep. Like, gives up, like, five, six yards, which is normal. Just don't let it get past you. Yeah. So yeah, Jay Davis has been pretty well. He's been doing pretty good coverage. But um, okay. I think they'll like chip him though because he's small. You know, I think they'll get in his face. They'll be aggressive with him a little. You have to be aggressive with a guy like Cohen. So you guys think they'll run more zone defense or man defense this Sunday? A lot of zone with some blitzes. You have you have nobody to lock down the defender. So I think you should run a lot of zone. If they're smart, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they come out there and try running man. You know, sometimes you got to ask yourself what is the Lions doing. But if there's, you know, they want to, they have want to have a chance to win this game, definitely. So. 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, do you guys still think there's uh, division hope, or do you guys think uh, like what is it your guys is like? outlook right now do you think this team is still a playoff team or uh i just want to know what you guys thoughts on that i'll get my opinion on it right now they're like they're kind of like in between you don't really know but if they win the next three games i'm on if they lose sunday it's going to be really hard to hop back and if they lose next sunday it's probably like season's probably over yeah, yeah I, was gonna, I was gonna even say just ask this question two weeks from now and i'll be able to give you the exact answer because if we win the next two if we beat the bears Beat the Panthers and hell, say we beat the Bears again. I think we're gonna be, we're gonna be the momentum, everything. We're gonna, I think we're gonna go to the playoffs. If we win the next three games, I think we're going to the playoffs. Seems like the most lying thing to do. Once you think the season's over, they suck you back in, and then, um, you know, I'm not sure I'm negative, but then they'll like, you know, break your hearts again. <laughs> it was kind of like it was like last year, you know. Uh, yeah, but I think the, the key is, I think they gotta get the running game going if. If we have two games like we did last, these last two games, uh, we're not we're not going anywhere. I don't see us going no. to playoffs. That you're saying that Chicago, Chicago's only given up eighty four point four yards on defense running the ball. There, I think they're third ranked rush deep run defense. So you know that the O line. I mean, look, they played bad the first two games. They got to come out with a statement this week. They got to like somehow, some way, dominate the line of scrimmage. And I think they could. They have potential. We saw what they did to San Francisco. Really good front, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and plus, Lang wasn't playing. Wiggins had his best game. So Wiggins needs to step up. Last week, he was awful. TJ Lang out this week. Kenny Wiggins looked awful his last two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing that bothered me the most about the run game these past two weeks is that if you look at the other team defense, they didn't even drop an extra man in the box. We were losing the battle with the front four. They were dropping everybody else in coverage, and we couldn't get nothing. Yeah. Uh, Back to the run game, uh, like you were saying, like they have to commit to it more. That Seattle game two weeks ago, they abandoned it way too early to me. I mean, yes, there was they were down by I think three touchdowns at one point. It was twenty eight seven, I believe. Um, but I mean, there was still much time on the clock, and they were just you know trying to you know force Stafford to you know make throws. Where I you got like you got like you were saying, you got to trust the run more. You got to commit to it more, and not just abandon it right away. I mean, last week, I think they gave it a good effort trying to keep it. It was just too obvious time every time they tried to run it. But, yeah, I don't um, think there's anything they could do regarding that. You know, one thing because that's... Because if it's not getting, you're not getting nothing. If you're getting two yards of carry, you have to abandon it at some point, or he's going to keep... He's going to be down in the scoreboard. Well, guys, like I said... Three, yeah, like, every time Stafford brings the receiver in motion, like, behind the guard or behind the tackle, it's a damn run. Have you guys realized that? So every time you run the ball... They bring a receiver in motion, either Galladay or Jones, or even Tate used to do this. Yeah, this, yes. I noticed it. They make it like, okay, so like do it fast and snap the ball. Don't wait. Like bring him in motion, snap it. They wait till like there's one second on the clock and they snap it. I don't get it. You know what frustrates me though? We're in week ten in the NFL season. These should not be mistakes. This that should be here right now. These should not be there should not be defenses reading most of our plays. That's just not that's not good offense. <laughs> that should not be happening. I mean, yeah, Tyler, as fans, like, we recognize, the, like, we know what's going to happen. These, like, linebackers are trained to do this. They watch film all day. Like, they know right away what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it's bad because, oh, go ahead. It's bad that all three of us in here could read what we're, gonna, what we're most likely going to do on offense. We just, it's so obvious, I feel. I don't know. Yeah. And, and what bothers me the most is that I look at a lot of old videos, a lot of highlights of players 
I see I see our offense. I'm like, wow, you know, Stafford's throwing the ball downfield, you know, with confidence in, in most of those games. And it's, it's just the way our offense was set up um, those years. And now it's like there's no plays downfield. I mean, I, I, I know Stafford throws it to Marvin Jones downfield. Sometimes he might throw it to Kenny Galladay, but he's had if, big plays every, almost every single drive. Now it, frust- it, it frustrates me because you got a guy like Kenny Galladay with that height, that speed, he almost reminds me of like a Kelvin Johnson type of body player. Not saying he's obviously Kelvin Johnson, but he reminds me of Kelvin Johnson a lot. And yeah. the, they don't use him. Three t- or four targets versus Minnesota, three targets versus Seattle, something like that, yeah. is not something should be happening. That's a guy you need to get involved in your offense more. Throw him a 50-50 ball. He is big enough where he can make the catch. He showed it in that Green Bay game. He showed it in early in the season. It frustrates me that he's not more involved in this offense because he has the ability to be one of the more elite wide receivers in the NFL, and they don't give him the ball to you know <laughs> to see if he could be that guy. Yeah, he hasn't uh, got enough targets. I think last game, he, I think he had like four targets, three catches. Yeah. Something like that. It was something really low. You definitely got to get involved. Man. Yeah, he had three targets. They didn't give him the ball like, until the fourth. Like, first play, they got him involved. Like, first quarter, like, little jet sweep or whatever, end around. Yeah. He didn't get the ball until the fourth quarter. Like, what's going on here? It reminded me of the Seattle game, too. Um, He, he didn't get a catch the whole first half, I don't think. And then he got the first catch, I think, to start off the second half. And after that, it just kind of totally abandoned him again. I, I don't understand how you abandon a guy like Kenny Galladay. He's just too good of a wide receiver and a total mismatch for any cornerback to abandon him. It just doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. Once again, who does that fall on? Jim Bob Cooter. Jim Bob Cooter and the whole coaching stuff and whole off, you know. It falls on Matt Patricia as well. I mean, I feel like Patricia is more like a defensive guy. Like, he gets involved in the offense, but I feel like like, he kind of lets Cooter do his thing. But still, it's unacceptable. Like, it's part of I, the and you have I to understand. Yeah, I understand you're a defensive coordinator. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's week 10. And this guy hasn't been involved the last three weeks. You I you got to be the head coach and step in and make him involved in the game plan somehow. Especially when 15 is gone. Like, you get rid of 15, 11, and 19 have to get at least, like, combined 20 targets a game. Do you guys agree? I agree, hundred percent. Hey, Kenny Galladay should get at least seven to eight targets a game, at least. Say at least sixteen. Twenty might be too, but each one should at least get like eight targets a game, right? At least. Well, it depends on the direction you want the team. If you want Stafford to chunk the ball up, then yeah, he's definitely. But I'm I'm okay with the low attempts if we're successfully running the ball. I mean, that's honestly that's what I want from this team. I want a running. I want to run a game really bad. I want to <laughs> so bad. I want a successful running game because Stafford, I think the last game, carry on Johnson in Miami ran for over a hundred yards. Stafford completed 80% of his passes. Yeah, I agree. Miami but, doesn't really have a good front though. I mean, let's be honest. They don't really have like a good front. Do they? We had Cameron Wake. They had a few guys, you know, Spence is out there now. Former I mean, line. No. But like it's not like it's not like the Vikings defense or the Seattle's front four. Those guys are built to stop the run. Well, exactly. I think they game plan to stop carry on, and they did when we played the Seattle game and the Minnesota game. They took them out and forced it to Stafford to throw the ball 36, 37, 40 times. That's the key to success. If you play against the Lions, you make a one dimensional. It's yeah. not easy to play games if you're only just throwing the ball. All right, you guys want to get on to a diff- uh, different topic? 
Well, I want to add one more thing, though. Like, Go we're talking it. about the run game, right? So, like yes. I said earlier, Chicago gives up about 84.4 yards a game. Yes. So they got Akeem Hicks, who's like a snacks. Number two guy against the run. So, basically, they're snacks, Harrison. They got Eddie Goldman, who's, like, really good. I like Goldman. He's, like, a young player. He's very underrated. He's kind of like uh, Daniel Hunter for the Vikings. Very underrated player. I agree. Uh, I want to no, I think Daniel Hunter is really good. But, yeah, he's it's, underrated, I'd say. And then they got, they got two really good safeties. They got Eddie Jackson, deep safety. And then they bring in the box Eddie Jackson. I mean, I'm sorry. Adrian uh, Amos, or whatever his name. Yeah. Danny Shavakian is good against the run. So it's going to be tough to run the ball against them. So what I do in this game, I start the first play, play action deep to Kenny or Marvin, and then force them, like, all right, they're going to pass the ball. And then once, like, we get the passing game going, they'll play more, like, two deep safeties. You'll be able to run the ball. Do you guys agree? I, I agree. Yeah, I think it's honestly that for – I think they should just read the defense and just take the defense gives them. They see two uh, safeties, you know, high. I think they should, you know, definitely try to run the ball, maybe out of the shotgun, just try to get something going if they have – you know, the two safeties high and, you know, it's only the front seven. But if they have the extra man in the box, then, yeah, definitely take a shot deep. But I, I want to do a – I want to take a shot deep if they have two two safeties out there. I start do I, first play. Just keep the defense honest. Start with the first play, play action deep. I hope they start like that. I really do. Do I, I mean, have to cover two and do it, yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, like I said, it all depends on what defense they're running. If they're playing cover two, then, yeah, you could, you could definitely take a shot deep That's if they have – if you look at our offense every week, the first play we do is a run with LeGarrette Blunt, I think. Right? Yeah. Do I necessarily blame the offense trying to get the run game going on early? No, but the thing is that they don't adjust when they don't see the running game is working. You know, Do more play action. Do more passes. I mean, um, I, I mean, first drive is most likely going to be a rusty drive most you know most of the time which is fine with me that's when you make adjustments but it just seems like they haven't made the adjustments you know they're not they haven't seemed like they made mid-game adjustments like it seems kind of like what Colorado was doing and you know you bring in a guy like Patricia to hopefully make adjustments when you guys are struggling you know beginning the game so you don't have to all rely on coming back in the second half you know and I mean last week they were moving the ball right we got in the red zone twice but they couldn't realize they scored touchdowns we're looking at a different game for sure, yeah, three, they got three times because they kicked three field goals. And then also, yeah. Darius Slay's pick, if he didn't run that way, he had a pick six going oh, straight. Oh, if he, if he ran straight, he's gone. A pick six. So we're looking at a different ball game. I mean, just little things like that are just like what are holding this team back. And it's like every year it's the same stuff. Little mistakes here, little mistakes there. But like, there's got to be a certain point where these little mistakes are they're coming big mistakes. I mean, it's just they've got to – I don't know. I mean, you lose a game, that's fine, but you got – you can't lose four games like that. You know, the Jets game doesn't count, but three games like that. Because um, yeah, we played the Jets game, we'll destroy them. Yeah. I think we'll kill them. Yeah, that game was. Yeah, just- if we played them like we, they were, if we played them like next week and that was our game, we would destroy them. That that first game, I'm not going to look at that first game. That first game was just everyone played bad. Exactly. It's unacceptable, though. It's the first game of the year, right? Everyone's, there's a, there's a ton of film on these guys, right? You know their tendencies, you study them. Todd Bowles obviously knew our number. He killed And, and pa- yep. Patricia should have known the Jets better, too, as well, from being in the AFC East, in my opinion. And what's kind of like... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. What strikes me about this team also, if you look at the wins we got, who are they against? My, I mean, New England, Packers, and... and, and uh, Miami. Miami. So yeah, Miami, New England, Patricia knows them really well because he was obviously in New England and he played against Miami, like, every year. So he knows them inside and out, right? 
Yeah. Those two games, they look the most prepared they've ever been. For Patricia sure. Knows Why? Guys, right? Why? Because Patricia knows these guys. And, like, Packers, like, Jim Bob Cooter knows the Packers' defense. He knows who they have, right? I mean, even yeah, though they but, changed it, but they're still not that good. They're still, like, young secondary. That's true. But if you look at those two games that you just said, the two best games we had all year, look at what we did offensively. And you say, why? Carry on, ran the ball. Ran. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. If Alfred's a totally different quarterback, if he could hand the ball off to one guy at least 19 times, and they could get five yards of carry, six yards of carry, maybe pop one off for 70 like he did in Miami, he's a totally different quarterback if we have a winning game. It's hard to pop one against the guys I just named, Hicks, Goldman, Trevace. Yeah, it, it is not easy to run for Chicago. I'm not saying going to have a game like Miami. <laughs> that, I don't think carry on can have a game like Miami against the Bears, but the Bears is not invincible. Like, Frank Gore ran 100 yards on them. You know, Frank, yeah, I mean... Yeah. It's, 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 I'm saying it's possible, but it's, it's, all, it's all with the front. The front has to... They have to win those battles up front, create the holes for carry on Johnson so he can run the ball. If, if they're not going to create any holes, our offensive line will look just like how it was last year. They have to. I mean, yeah, they have to. Like, Wiggins had... If Wiggins plays better this week... Like, think about it. When Wiggins plays better... Glasgow plays better, and Wagner plays better, right? Because, like, once the one of those guys screw up, the other guy has to help him, and then, like, everything just turns, like, into a big-ass mess. You know what yeah, I mean? Um, it's big as bad. And then after last week, I mean, you could tell he wasn't at 100. He didn't even play uh, snaps on special teams. Normally he does, so his back. So, like, I think Decker is fine. Ragnar is our best lineman, I'll say that. Oh, yeah. I agree. He's, right? he's, he's doing uh, a great job. It scares me. I'll go for it. Oh, no, question. Oh, what do you think? What do you think Detroit needs to do to turn the season around? To turn the season around? Well, first of all, they need to take care of nine. They need to like basically dominate lines from us, like how we've been talking about. Um, get rid of these little stupid mistakes, adjust. Um, but personally, I don't just see how you flip the switch like that after, like I said, too many oops performances this year. I just don't see a realistic scenario where you just you know flip the season like like that i don't know and it just doesn't it doesn't sound realistic to me <laughs> i mean it, it's, it's not likely they're playing like the way they, they played the last couple games but when i look at what what we could do to you know possibly turn it around i look at the seattle seahawks and we look at the seattle seahawks russell wilson is a great quarterback but if you look at the first two games they didn't run the ball at all they, they put the whole offense on Russell Wilson's shoulders, and what happened? He was getting sacked left and right. They lost those games. I mean, they weren't getting – they weren't running the ball. They didn't, they didn't win those two games. And then the moment they said, all right, we're going to commit to the running game, I mean, their two backs is – they're balling right now. I think what's – the, what's the Seattle's uh, running back name? That Chris Carson. Chris Carson. That man can ball. I didn't really know too much about him until he pretty much sliced us up. But yeah. he, oh, and, and their whole season turned around week three when they started running him. They ran him 30 times against the, the Dallas Cowboys. And that's a recipe for success, to be honest. I think we could get a good running game. Carry on Johnson, we, we, we might have to run him to the ground because that's, I think that's the only way we could turn our season around. If we do not get a running game, the season's over. Yeah, but I'm... Uh, um- 
we also have to like stop the run too on defense. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's true. But the thing is also the, the running game goes so deep. It's more deeper than just running the ball. That controls having possession, keeps the other offense on the sidelines. They're not getting the battle. It does so much, and and our defense gets more time to rest because, rest because we have 12, 13, 14, 15 play drives that just, you know, right. wearing the defense down on the other end. It, it goes so much deeper than just running the ball. There's so much that goes into the running game that people don't understand that what we need is a running game because I think if we get a running game, we will win most of these games that's coming up next. Yeah, but Malcolm, also, we have to stop the run, too, though. Like, look at the games we lost. You could say we didn't run the ball up, but we didn't stop the run either. Like, man, Breda went off against us. Who else we played? Zeke Elliott went off against us. Uh, he, he killed us. Uh, um, yeah, that's true. Dalvin Cook last week had that 70-yard run. Without, if he didn't have that 70-yard run, they would average, like, 2.7 or 2.8 yards. Before, I forgot what it was. Before that, yeah, before that run, he only had, like, 19 yards for nine carries. So, he, I mean, that one play... It made his stat line look better. It made his stat line look so much better just from that it, one it, run. It, it, that run rushes. That one run destroyed our whole run defense. The way they, the, the average and everything. But I was gonna say because much better. I personally didn't think they played. I, I honestly thought the defense played well enough to win that game. If you think about, they shut them down the whole second half to give. You know, as much offensive, uh, this offense to get momentum to get this game going, and the offense just never got it going. Um, and uh, you could tell like Patricia thought this was a must win too. They ran a fake punt. We never seen that. Like we ran a fake punt with Tavon Wilson, I believe it was right. They had oh, yeah, good yeah. call. Was, oh, that was like, a great call. All right, I was like, what we're doing this? Well, they had so many chances to gain momentum. The Ashawn fumble recovery. I mean, the fake punt. It just seemed like the offense could never gain momentum, and it just didn't make sense to me. I don't know. Um. And there's got to be a certain time where they got to, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, adjustments are key, and they just haven't made that adjustment. They just keep throwing the same offense that they did from the start of the game. And I don't think they were noticing, like, it's now working. you got to switch it up, you know? Um, but how? If you, if you don't have a running game going, and the, the defense knows the average going to drop back and pass every single play. Well, now they're running – they're running it down on first down every time. It's not gonna. It's not creative. They're not. There's no. It's so dry and flat. I don't see. I don't know. I. I, I don't know. You want to get the run game going, but if you're doing so many predictable stuff, at least switch it up. You know, maybe pass it on first down. Do a play action. Do I don't know I a screen pass. But yeah. it's it's so dry. Malcolm, you know why like teams are stopping the run also against us. So when you have three tight ends in the field and one wide receiver. We barely do a play action to tight end. So you know it's a damn run, probably like 95% of the time, right? And then you bring yeah. a wide receiver in motion. I've never seen a wide receiver in motion yet where they call the play action. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they have, but like our tendencies are so obvious. Teams right away key it on. They'll like call, oh, it's a run this way, run that way. Linebackers call it out. And I think Etienne is a smart linebacker. So this I week can be a good test. I think not having like a tight end like how we had like Eric Ebron years past, it, it kind of sucks because like, it seems like teams don't ever expect us to give our tight ends the ball. That's why when we did give the, the tight ends the ball versus Miami, they were shocked. It was unexpected when we got Michael Roberts involved. Uh, I mean, I I'm just release. I we should. I think we should have kept him personally. I mean, I don't know. Well, well Ebron. I, I like yeah. Ebron. I think Ebron's a good player. Don't get me wrong. I think this move was more of a statement move that they're not, you know, putting up with this childish. I mean, Ebron was not. Uh, 
I mean, he, he let social media get to him. I mean, he should have laid off social media, in my opinion. I mean, he let social media get the best of him and the fan fan base get the best of him. Um, as a professional, you got to take it, like kind of like Amir Abdullah. He just took it and never responded back to the fans. He was a class act. And if Eric Iran was the same thing, it would be a whole different story. I think this move was more of a statement move to show that, that you know, we're not putting up with, like, this child just stuff. You know, you got to... You know, you got to be a professional, you know? I don't know. I mean, yeah, but, like, dude, I don't think the, he's right now in Indy. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the move was because he's a bad player. I don't think that was the move at all. I, I, think, it was more, I think it was more of, like, to show a point that we're not, you know, putting up with this shit. All right, like, last year, right, we were awful in the red zone. Same as this year, like, kind of, like, kinds, like, repeating itself, right? Yes. So if, you, if you look at Indy, though, they fused Ebron well in the red zone, right? Yes. Seven TDs. We we like we he had like what with us like three TDs, four TDs last year. I think four last year. Yeah, but he already has. So Ebron, he's been balling for Indy. He's been actually he has some dropped passes, but like let's be honest, which tight end hasn't dropped the pass? Like tight ends are not like they're not the best. They don't have the best hands. Like Gronk drops passes. I have never been an Eric Ebron hater or like you know a guy that like you know what like didn't dislike. I liked Ebron when he was here. It's just I, the way he. It's just the way he left. It kind of sucked and. Uh, you know, the way he left his mark in Detroit. It just was childish to me, and he just never grew up here, and I don't know. He needed a change of scenery. I, I, I don't mind them releasing and making a statement. I, I thought it was the right move, honestly. Yeah, I think the fans didn't give him a chance, to be honest. I think. Well, yeah, 100% of it. They didn't. Like, even in the first, they're like, who? We took Ebron? What? Why? Like, people were angry. Yeah. Like, right when they drafted him, they were angry. And you got to get, I mean... I think you still have to get the tight ends involved this year because when they did in versus Miami, it was really creative. And, you know, the Miami Dolphins did not expect that at all. The tight ends, I bet they did not even, when film study, they did not expect their tight ends to have any, like, sort of action. <laughs> yeah, well, they worked out three tight ends today Kari Lee, Marcus Lucas, and Tyron Swope. So we'll I saw that. And they uh, worked out a cornerback as well. Um, I think his last name was Rice or something like that. I mean, they worked out. Uh, they worked out wide receivers Chad Henson, Tanner McAvoy, Hunter Sharp, and cornerback Denzel Rice. So, well, I I, these guys that well, like they're all like they're not really good. There's a reason why they're free agents, but like, I mean, you could tell they obviously are looking at the position. So, isn't Cliff uh, uh, Cliff Walford, whatever his name was, isn't isn't he still available? Yeah, I actually like that guy, but like maybe uh, something's going on with it. Maybe he's not healthy or something. I, I'm pretty shocked he's still a free agent because he was pretty good for Oakland uh, last year and. Uh, or two years ago, I believe it was. He had a really good year with them. And then he got traded to the Jets, I believe. In the yeah. But I no. think we basically covered everything. Um, All right. So let's answer some questions, and then we'll end this off. How All right. Go for it. All right. So we have a question from Tyler. Is Matthew Stafford still the guy? Um, I personally think he is. Like, we talked about this earlier in the podcast. Yeah, he's had his ups and downs, but I think he could take us to the promised land with the right people around him. And I still think he's an elite talent. I think he's a top ten quarterback as well. What do you guys think? Um, I'll go. Uh, um, oh my bad. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll just finish really quick. But uh, yeah, I mean, Stafford's talent there, hundred percent, his talent is there. Do I necessarily think he's? I said earlier, I think he needs talent around him if he is going to be the guy to. You know, be the man for the future. This is like the first time I think I've ever had doubts on Stafford, and it sucks. Um, because I've always been the biggest like Stafford supporter, and it kind of sucks that 
you know, watching these few last few weeks is just he's looked off to me and I'm not trying to judge his whole ten year career off two performances, but it's just hard for me to believe he's gonna be the guy from you know, just some this season in general, I guess. I don't know. It's tenth year, new head coach. I thought I expected a lot better season from him. Maybe a, a drip in the numbers because you know you want to get the run game involved with Carryon Johnson, but I mean it looks like everything has regressed from years past, and it, it just sucks. And it's probably the first time I've ever had have ever had doubts on Stafford. I guess. I mean, honestly though, like like how you said, I don't really care about the stats. To be honest, like yeah, he's he, like he gets yards, whatever. We all know he can throw the ball, he can throw touchdowns, whatever. I don't really care if they run the ball if his touchdown goes to Blunder. I don't care about that. What I care about is like. Um, them protecting him and giving him time to throw the ball, and then also play call. Like it's a, it's a everyone, the receivers, O line, quarterback, play call. I think it's on everyone. It's not just him because we know what he could do. I agree. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. And, and to be honest, I don't think we could just bring somebody in right now or next year that'll be able to do a better job than Stafford. Stafford's a top tier quarterback. Um, if you look like right under the elites, he's right up there with you know. The, the Philip Rivers, Ben Robbinsburgers, he's right up there. And the thing is, he doing it by himself is not going to be easy. You know, like I kept saying, this whole podcast is that he needs a run game, and then that's that's what's going to make Stafford successful if he gets a run game because he'll I'm be not, a different if he I'm gets not, a run game. I'm not saying necessarily replace Stafford right now. I'm not saying that at all. But would you guys think it? I I don't think it's going to happen. But would you guys think it's totally, totally a bad idea drafting a quarterback like let's say in the third or fourth round and you know see what you got and maybe a you know and maybe you got a future somewhere? I don't think it'll happen. But would you guys think it's necessarily awful or a bad idea? I think actually it all right. because um we know like a couple of years ago they were looking at like Kyle, well, last year looked at Kyle Loletta, right? Yes. A couple of years ago they looked at Josh Dobbs. I know they wanted Dobbs before Pittsburgh took him. We heard about that. They like Kyle Loletta, obviously, right? From the Giants. Or yeah. UCLA, I believe. I, I remember. UCLA was <laughs> whatever. Wherever Loletta, I forgot what he went. But, like, they were looking at some guys, you know? They were looking at – but then they went, like, with, like, the local guy, Jake Rudock, and then they went with Brad Kaya from Miami. Because Al Golden, remember Al Golden, tight ends coach? Well, those are six-round yeah. picks. I'm talking about, like, a third-round pick or maybe even potentially like a second or fourth-round pick, I'm saying. Like, would it be a totally bad idea? I wouldn't say right now. Two, right now, right now, so yeah, I, right now I say it, it, because Stafford's still young, and even if we draft a quarterback that high second round, say he doesn't start next year, but the following year, would he really be that much better without a run game? If yeah, yes, if he have, a, you don't know. We've never seen 40, it. I, I, I just don't. The thing is, unless he's going to come out the gates and be Patrick Mahomes, I, I don't see it happening. And even with Patrick Mahomes, he has a really good run game. I mean, well, he has well he had a, he has a dream offense surrounded around him. Great exactly. receivers, great running back. Great running um, game. One of the best tight ends. I mean, he's loaded. One of the best play callers we saw has done around the league. We're we're not loaded. <laughs> I mean, we have good we have good receivers, but our offensive line is average. You know, we don't really have a consistent run game. You're asking, I don't, I just don't see it. I don't Aletta, see somebody coming and being doing a better job in Saffordus right now, unless we got an elite quarterback. 
I think our line is above average. I just I don't think it's I think it's actually good. I think our O line is good, but we've had injuries, and whenever we have injuries, we screw up. So if they're 100 percent healthy, you can't mess with our O line, right? Like this week, we had Lang was hurt and Decker was hurt, right? Well, versus I mean, the line. you've seen our offensive line 100 percent, like versus Seattle. I mean, they still didn't do anything though. I mean, the run game I never want, got. I mean, but I want, I want a dominant. I want guys to pancake these people. I want. I want to dominate all they, line. They, they, they dominated. They even ran really well against Dallas. And Dallas has a good run defense. They dominated Dallas up front that game. Ooh. We did. I mean, but back to the Minnesota game. Uh, I mean, offensive line was, if I had to grade it, I'd give like a D or D minus or maybe even an E. But, uh, I mean, <laughs> okay, yeah. But, like, do I blame I, everything on the offensive line? I don't. I blame Stafford for like almost half of those sacks, honestly. I mean, he had to realize he has to adjust too. Like I, like I've been pointing out on this whole podcast, adjustments are key. And um, you know your, you know your offensive line is not giving you the time you need. Um, then you got to adjust and you know throw the ball quicker, throw more screen passes, do something, not just get sacked and or run the ball. Something, run the ball with yourself if you find a hole. Um, you got to get more involved. Stafford has to make the adjustments as well. Offensive line wasn't great, but you got to adjust when you know your offensive line is not playing great because it was bad from the start and they just never adjusted to it, you know? Okay, let's go to the next one. Go ahead. on this question, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This is a good question. This is from Local Trey. He's like, how will Slay's injury affect this game, the week, like this week's game? Um, I think it's huge. Uh, I think it's huge, but, you know, maybe – the league is a next man league. Um, I want to see who will step up in his role. You know, I want to see guys step up, man. I want to see them, you know, like Malcolm was saying early in this podcast, guys sometimes like when a key injury happens because they want to step up and be the guy and show this team that they're valuable and that they deserve, you know, that they could be the guy. So I do want to see someone step up this week. I don't know who necessarily will be. Maybe it'll be Deshaun Shedd. Maybe it'll be Nevin Lawson. Maybe Tease Tabor will be. I want Maybe. to see 31. Look, what was 31 drafted for? His football <laughs> IQ, his ball skills. He had, he had really good ball skills in college. This year, I mean, like, we all know he has a perfect pass rating when targeted. All right? So, yeah. he's going at him. So, I want to tease. And the way they're playing him, though, is not right either. They're playing him in man, off zone. If they play press, you know tease is strong. He could press. But if you get, like, a cushion, like, obviously the guy's going to pass you because he's slow. But if he could press or play him, like, in a zone defense – I think that's his strength. I don't think man off zone is good. Like off man is good for him. I don't know. He just he just needs that one good game because I think playing corner. I played corner in high school, but playing corner, uh, you need a lot of confidence. If you lose your confidence, everything goes wrong. They start completely on left to right. But the moment you have confidence, that the game gets easier. So if he has that one good game, if he gets one pick, I think his it could change his career. To be honest, I th- yeah. I think I think Tease Tabor has been absolutely. Horrendous this season. Uh, obviously, you guys, we've seen it. He's the I think pro football folk. I think pro football focus has ranked them the worst defensive back. Okay, let's take that all out of the uh, equation right now. This I want to see him step up this game, and I think this is a really good chance for him. Now that Darius lays out, I want to see how he'll play, knowing he'll have a bigger role and that he could be the guy. I want to see, and this is a big game for me uh, to see if Tease Tabor could still be a corner in the NFL. Because I think if this game goes wrong for Tease Tabor, I could see a, a position switch or just him being gone. Yeah, I can. Um, I wouldn't mind a position switch either. But uh, this is a huge game for Tease Tabor, in my opinion. And if he has another oops performance, 
then it's serious questions. I mean, is he is he really a good football player at that point? Do you guys want do you want this guy on your team? This is a huge performance for him this week. I want to see if he'll step what he'll do. Um, I'll judge T's Tabor on our next podcast and tell you if he's the real deal or not, and if I still believe in him. Because as of right now, I'm giving him one more chance, and that's the Sunday versus Chicago Bears. Now that Darius lays out, so I want to see how he'll impact the game. All right, next question. Go for it. Next question is from NBA Tay. He's like, are the Lions alive in the playoff hunt? Tyler, go ahead. I think we mentioned it earlier in the live stream. Um, I really, really, really want to believe. Uh, I just can't. I, I can't believe in this team right now. Um, just too many flaws. I mean, yeah. Uh, offensive coordinator, and offense not adjusting, not no consistency. Like I said, four bad performances in the first half of the season just makes me – I don't know. I, I don't see a realistic, you know, I guess, possibility where this team just starts out, out of nowhere, just the offense starts throwing, you know, looking like the Chiefs offense or something like that. I just don't see a, a realistic option like that. So I'm going to say they're going to they're gonna fight. I think, you know, they could potentially win, you know, two or out of these next three games. It's very possible. Maybe, I don't know. We'll see. But, um, I'm going to say no. I don't think they're a legit – I don't think they'll make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to be in the hunt either. I think they'll finish around the 6-10, and 7-9 ranges if, or 8-8 eight eight possibly. I mean, this well, is thing. So if they win these next three games, I'm back on. But, like, ask me this question a couple of weeks and I'll answer it better. Right now – I agree. They're like, they're like in no man's land, you know? They're like – they're average. Like, they don't have nothing going for – they don't have nothing, like, crazy going against them either. Like, they have a quarterback – their defense is actually playing better, which is surprising. I mean, you guys saw it last week. Like I said, their defense is keeping them in the game. They did it versus Seattle, too. I know the first half was awful, and they gave a touchdown up, I think, early on. But, I mean, Amir Abdullah's fumble kind of killed the momentum. Um, no, no hate to Abdullah, but it just really you know, changed the whole momentum of the game. Seattle was hyped up, and you know, defense just gave a touchdown. And having to come right back out and giving up another touchdown, you know, it sucks. But... Um, I really think that, you know, Detroit had chances in that Seattle game to come back, and offense just came out flat again. Um, as two straight performances, they've just came out flat, you know. Well, with the Seattle game, I, I think it was more than a mirror to a fumble because they were running all over us. We had no answer for Russell Wilson. I think he completed, what, 90, 80% of his passes, 90? Close to well, close I, 90? I was saying, I think that after that Abdullah fumble, that was when the momentum switched. It, and, and, it, yeah. it, it did. It, it did. But we're not stopping the running game. We're not getting a running game. Even though we did have a chance late in that game, but Stafford threw that pick, we're not set to win games. If, To be honest, we're not set to win games if we just have to choke them. Right, what so, do you think of our playoff yes, hopes? What do you think? That's the question. What do I think? Uh, it's simple. If we're able to run the ball, I think we'll have a really good year. We go win most of these games left on the schedule. If we Getting that run game taken away, we have to throw the ball forty times. Season's over. I don't. I don't see us winning game because when we have to throw the ball, I think it's, it's because a lot of times we're behind in the game, and that's most likely going to happen if we take the running game away. So I just don't see it happening. We can't get the running game going. Well, next four games we got we got Carolina. I mean, we got Chicago. Chicago. Tough defense. Tough defenses. We got Jordan Howard and. Uh, Tariq Cohen. Then we got Christian McCaffrey coming in, and then we got 
Uh, uh, Chris McCaffrey on 10-day rest as well. Yeah, and then we have Todd Gurley after that. So after the Chicago Thanksgiving game, we got that long week, and then we got the L.A. Rams who are like on fire. Yeah. Yes. All right. Uh, so, uh, what do you guys – let's do some predictions. Uh, I'll start with you, Malcolm. What do you think is going to happen tomorrow or Sunday? Sunday? Um, like, or give your score prediction. Wait. What what do I what I hope is gonna happen or what do I think is gonna happen? What will happen? Like what do you think? <laughs> um, to be honest, you know I want us to win this game. Not everything is honestly against us right now to win this game. You know we got Slay out. You know the Bears might be able to capitalize on our secondary being hurt, and, and also not playing the best football that they're um, playing right now. So, but do I see us having a chance to win this game? Yeah, give us a chance. But this is not likely, to be honest. But I, I give us a chance to win this game. Give us a score. What do you think we'll win? Give you a, a score. Yeah. <sighs> uh, I'm going to say 24-17 Lions. I'm giving us a chance to win this okay. game. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 24 Um, I'll go into my prediction. Um, I think this will be a closer game than people, I guess, are expecting. I think expect- people are expecting the Bears are just going to torch us. Um, but I think, you know, I think it'll be a closer game. I think the offense will click a little bit better this week after two really bad performances. I do think the offense will click a little more this week. Um, I'm going to say we are going to lose this week. Um, but I, I, like I said, I think it's gonna be a close hard fought game till the end. Would I be surprised if they pull it out? No, I would not be surprised. But as of right now on this Friday night, I'm going to take them to lose by three points. I'll say... I'm still random score. I'll say 27-24. All right. What I think is going to happen, so we said what? The Bears have, are like 26th in the red zone, like on defense, right? And the Lions are 29th in red zone efficiency. Yes. So I think if the Lions capitalize on those, right? And then we said what? Mitch Trubisky loves to like sometimes get careless with the ball, right? Yes. So I think Mitch Trubisky will get careless with the ball this week. I think Patricia will confuse him. Patricia's good at that. And I think uh, the offense will capitalize in red zone. I got them winning 24-21. This just kind of seemed like a game like the Lions like, shouldn't win. Like They're like, oh, they got the, all the odds against him. They have to win. That's but, like, but like, I just got I have that. I'm going to say I still think, like, my, I'm going to stick with my prediction. But I just have, like, that, like, little, like, I think it's more of my heart talking more. But I think it's just, like, I had that little gut. It's just, like, they're going to pull it out. I don't know why. Just because. It seems like they have all the odds against them, but the NFL is such a crazy game. When you think you know what you, you know, you, you know, you, you think you know everything, the Lions just win, and it's like, what the hell just happened? Like, kind of like when the Bills just, like killed the Vikings. Like that was where the hell did that come from? You think given Sunday, right? That's what they say. Yeah, so I, I thought that was going to happen last week. Kind of like I'm like, okay, Minnesota's got some key injuries. Uh, you know, we're pretty healthy. Um, I thought you know last week was our game. Um, going into the game. So maybe if I think otherwise, the maybe I'm just bad luck whenever I, I say we're going to win. So I'm going to say we're going to lose, so hopefully we win, you know. <laughs> All right, guys, that was a good first episode. You guys agree? I agree, man. Uh, hope hope you guys enjoy the podcast. You know, we want to do this uh, hopefully maybe once a week, possibly twice a week. Um, it's been the Pride Podcast, man. <laughs> All right. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.